welcome to Stacking Stones Podcast, everyone. I'm Pastor Mark, and today we have a friend of mine, Steve Cohen, on the show with us today. Steve, would you say hello to the folks? Hey, guys. Glad, glad awesome. to have you here. Yeah, I'm excited you're here. So uh, if you're new to Stacking Stones Podcast, just a real quick thing. Um, we have one purpose in mind, and that is to give testimony of hearing God and seeing his miracles. And the cool thing today, we're going to have a treat. Steve's going to share with us the time when he when he heard from God, and it literally just changed his life in so many ways. But before we do that, Steve, would, would you mind just sharing a little bit about you, you know, your family, a little bit about your history, um, maybe a little nugget about your ministry you have called Now Found, um, just to give folks a, a flavor of, of your history and what you're about. Absolutely, absolutely. So I was born in New Jersey, um, spent a short time there, um, moved to Atlanta shortly after that, and through the next, um, now I'm 47 years old, I've moved about 33 times. So Colorado, Montana, Texas. <laughs> Just about all over the place. Most people ask me if that's military. It wasn't. I was just a nomad. Um, most of that time, I was a uh, an atheistic antichrist. So um, there's a, what, a pretty, what, what did you just say? A what? An, an atheistic antichrist. So okay. I believe that um, in 100 percent in evolution that there was no God. But I didn't just stop there. I was anti-Christ. I used to debate Christians. I would rip their faith apart at the table. I found joy in ripping people's faith apart. And that's all based on like a lie that I believe when I was about six or seven years old. And um, yeah, so when I was 26, uh, after a 21-year stint of, uh, of that time frame or that, that lifestyle, I ended up coming to Christ. And uh, it's been a wild ride ever since. Oh, cool. And what is now found? Do you mind if I ask? So now found is actually part of that 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 part where I where I accepted and started loving on the God that I used to rail against. Um, shortly after that, I was walking through the lobby of a church, and I heard God say, "Steve, I love that you're now found, but I need you to never forget you were once lost and what that was like, how people treated you, how you treated them." And from there, I created actually a ministry called Once Lost, Now Found, but that's way too long. So we just truncated it to Now Found, the, the heart of it. And the, yeah. the, the heart of our ministry is that you're never too lost to be found. If, if I was sitting there railing against this God that I so love deeply now, and he was willing to leave, as, as scripture says, the 99 other sheep to come get me, there's, I don't believe that there's a single person that's, that's too lost for him to find them. Um, Theologically, I I think that God's like right next to them anyways. It's kind of just this revelation process for them. Right. Right, right. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks for sharing. That's, that's, uh, that is, I mean, we could probably have a show just on your history and and kind of your walk, but that's not our purpose today. And um, as much as I'd love to have that conversation, would you be up for just beginning and sharing uh, tell us a little bit about a new uh, situation where you heard God and tell me what happened. Tell us, tell us what was going on, man. Yeah. So one of my favorite stories is shortly after I came to Christ. So I came to Christ in somewhere around mid June, 2002 and July 4th weekend, I went to a Rangers game and now I was an alcoholic. Um, I started actually sipping on alcohol at my dad's football games. Like he'd have parties and stuff like that. When I started sipping on it about eight years old. But what I ended up learning wow. is this lifestyle of alcoholism that um, now while I could go days or weeks 
between drinks. If I were around friends, I had to drink. And once I started drinking, I couldn't stop. So that alcoholic tendency where I, I based my identity on drinking, I, I based everything that, that I did, how I acted. Um, and a lot of times I would act kind of silly and I, I, the alcohol was my excuse for that. Oh, I'm just drunk or whatever. And I would just kind of flip flippantly put that off. Well, here I am again. Now I've given my life to Christ. I, I've come t- into this relationship with my rescuer, my savior, right? And here I am at a ball game, pounding down souvenir cups of beer. And then we didn't stop there. We ended up continuing on to the bar. I don't even remember what bar it was actually, but I just remember while I'm there, still drinking, still smoking, doing everything I'm doing, I had this this feeling, this um, just this calling to walk over to the window. I couldn't explain it. Didn't uh, I mean I, I can explain it now? But in that moment, I just felt like I was supposed to walk over to this window, and I'm looking out over the city, and I hear the words this is not what I have for you. And I recognized that it was actually the second time I've ever heard that voice in my life. I had heard it actually before I came to Christ back in the the late nineties when God told me to, to reconcile with my dad. So I knew this voice. And at that moment, I, I recognized that it was God speaking to me. And I said, okay, God, if this is not what you have, I want what you have for me. And immediately I was sober, just like that. Whoa. I, I turned around, and in that time, I'm actually still getting goosebumps. I, it, like Every time I tell this story, I love it, just how, how much healing and freedom came from that one millisecond. Like He broke me from that. But I, I, I turned around, and I looked back at the table that I was just sitting at, and I saw this darkness over the entire table. And I went back over to the table. I paid my tab. I told everybody I was leaving. Nobody even looked up to ask if I was okay to drive home. And these were my supposed good friends that I was hanging out with. And I drove home and other than communion, I have had zero alcohol since 2002 coming from pretty much every single, I mean, every single weekend, at least two to three times a weekend um, going from that to just dipping bread and wine every every couple of months that's it was pretty cool to be set free from that he he also ah. broke, broke me of cigarettes which is also wait, 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 wait before you get too far can, yeah. I wanna, can i ask you a couple of questions absolutely so um so so the result is that uh, you're sober and you're not, you're not drinking alcohol anymore nope so but i want to ask you a little bit about the moment so when you had like these sense you know you felt like you were called to the to the window yeah had you been thinking about dr- stopping drinking? Had you been thinking about that being a problem? Was it was this kind of a big surprise for you? So, no, um, but it's so it's kind of a, a weird thing, kind of like the cigarettes, which I mentioned just a little bit. I mean, I knew it wasn't healthy. I used to actually rail against my ex-fiance at that time. She was a full-blown alcoholic. And I used to tell her, like, this thing is horrible. It's it's you you're you're killing yourself. Right. I'm a little bit hypocritical because I'm doing the exact same thing, but I knew that it wasn't healthy. I knew that it wasn't um, where I needed to be, but I couldn't shake it. Had you tried? Had you tried oh, yeah. to shake it? Oh, oh yeah. I, I so much like the cigarettes. I and mean, this is these are things that I've been dealing with since I was I was like very young, 
cigarettes. I was smoking for 14 years and I tried to actually quit probably, I don't know, six months after I even started. And it was on, off, on, off, on, off. Um, alcohol, I would, like I said, I could go for a while. And as long as I wasn't around people that I like, there there were certain things that triggered that need for it and as long as i weren't around certain areas or certain people or certain stimulus but as soon as i got around those things i couldn't man it was just immediately started drinking so i tried for many 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 years to walk away from these things and there was so so there you were so, so obviously there's something you struggle with and you tried to you attempted but in the moment you just sensed a calling like, Hey, go over to the window. You look out the window and God just spoke to you and, and then delivered you. Is that what you're saying? Is that, is that, yep. is that kind of- 100%. Wow. So did that freak you out? <laughs> like, like what was your, like, cause I'm thinking I might be freaked out if I went from being tipsy or even with the buzz and then boom, stone cold sober. But you yeah, knew, so yeah. tell me, you went back to the table and you, and you left. Did you know you needed to leave? I mean, how did that transpire? Just seeing that realm, that that's really kind of what was kind of kind of shaking me a little bit was to turn around and see the table that I was just at being, having this this darkness. What, look, what I can only describe as now is like this oppression or this something heavy weighing over it. Mm-hmm. And like literally at the seat that I was at, and um all around the, the entire table and when i turned around i saw that i just knew i was done I, there was no way i could stay there anymore wow. and i needed to go and that's why i ran over there paid the tab real quick and gone wow and so you've just you've been sober ever since is that correct yep and so how many years ago was that i was 2002 so 22 years ago wow that is, that is, I mean, I've heard people talk about getting radically delivered from drugs and alcohol. I, I was not, I, I went through a, a slow process of a couple rehab centers and things like that, but, um, yeah, but I got clean, but the radical, like, like I've, I've talked to a couple other folks that have had that. That is amazing. And that what is, I, uh, yeah, what I want to make sure is, is that what people don't hear is condemnation for those who still struggle. Because well, God, sure. re- yeah. God releases us all at different times and different reasons and different seasons. Like the, the mystery of God there is is incredible. What all I can say is that I was delivered at that moment, that, that I was set free from it at that moment. Um, and a lot of people ask, well, why do I still deal? I've actually had people ask, well, why, why am I still dealing with it? Why can't I break free? And I like I can't sit there and give them the formula to breaking sure. free. I can't tell them, well, if you go sit at this bar in this seat, God's going to call you to the window and, and set you free and deliver you from this because right. I'm God, right? So there is no condemnation there. I, I don't, I don't want Absolutely. anything. To- totally agree. There's no condemnation. And I was here yeah. still struggling, but you know, um, when you talk about, there's no one way there's, you know, your way and you know, God's very mysterious. I will say one of the things that's been really fun about, um, talking with folks who've heard from God or have seen a miracle. I I would say there's one thing I've come to like, know for sure is that there's no formula, you know, because a lot of times we have our own experience and then we want to project that or map that all over to other people and say, this is how God moves or this is how God is, or this is 
this is how the way God speaks. And it's been, um, and I mean, if people listen to all the podcasts, each person has like their, their, their interaction with God, they've all been really different. I mean, really fascinatingly different yet. The result is always something transformative, something changed, something um, was different. And that's like, okay, cool. That is pretty awesome. A lot of peace, a lot of love, a lot of amazing um, freedom. Yeah. That is super cool. Super cool. We had, um, we chatted a little bit um, talking about uh, doing the podcast. You mentioned you, you, there may be another experience that you'd like to share. Is this a good place to transition and see if you want to share another one? Sure, man. I, I have like I've I've been blessed with so many of these these uh, interactions. <laughs> it, it, it's not about me. Um, I had right. somebody the other day that they're they're sitting there. They're they're just saying, "Well, how does this happen to you all the time?" And I I, I don't know. Like like you said, that I just look back at the pattern of where God has shown up. I can't actually, like we said, you, there is no formula, but I can identify the pattern. I can look back and go, this is where he was moving. This is what he was doing. And I mentioned a little bit ago that I heard that voice. Um, I had heard that voice once before. Now, I was actually, I I was, like I said, at the very beginning, an atheistic antichrist. I was, I railed against this God that, that I believed at a young age either didn't exist uh, or couldn't hear, didn't care, or didn't exist. And when you know i lived my life that way but back in the mid 90s before i came to before i came to christ before i'm still hating on on his believers but i'm driving uh, along the side of a, a lake up in montana uh, god had rescued me from some gang style uh, lifestyles and things like that that i was involved with here in the dfw area plucked me up stuck me in montana um and I mean, that's a miracle story in, in its own, how that actually happened. But I'm, I'm driving along the east side of the lake and we and all of a sudden I, I hear you need to reconcile with your father. Mm. And it was like a, a spear that went through my chest and I started bawling and weeping. I had to pull over on the side of the road. Um, now, I, I was blaring probably like Rob Zombie or, or, or Nine Inch Nails or something along those lines at that time. And, but it just, it just hit me and why it hit me so hard was about three months prior. I drove around the 285 loop in Atlanta with my dad and my brother and we railed him. We, we, we ripped him apart for all the failures that he had been or all the failures that he had, he had done as a dad. He told him we would never Mm -hmm. forgive him for being the failure of a father that, that he was. And here I am now. You're driving in the car telling him that? He was driving, actually, which it makes it even more safe, right? Because he's wow. sitting there dealing with that. My brother's in the front seat. I'm in the back seat. And we are just ripping wow. him apart, driving. Wow. And we, we drove around the loop. And if you know anything about Atlanta, uh, for everybody in Atlanta, that 285 loop in the middle of the night, it takes about 45 minutes to an hour just to go around that loop. So we literally wow. just drove around that city over and over and over again. And... um yeah, and here I am now actually having this this voice that I heard over my radio, over the wind noise. I'm probably going about 100 miles an hour because they didn't have speed limits in Montana at that time. So all this stuff, it's, it's loud, and I hear that same voice that I heard in the bar a couple years later. You need to reconcile with your your father. And I called my customer. I said, I'm not going to be there. I lied to him, told him I had a couple flat tires. But I went home, and I actually wrote a letter to my dad. It was a two-and-a-half to three-page letter 
forgiving him, telling I, I loved him, forgiving him for every single one of those things that I had told him just months before that I would never forgive him for. And what I didn't oh. realize, oh, what I didn't realize was that that you need to re reconcile with your father was so multi multifold. Yes, it was talking about my dad, my 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 biological dad. But here again, remember, I'm this atheistic antichrist, and I hear this voice to reconcile with your father. Well, the father, being God, I reconciled with him about four years later. So there's this multifold, multi all these mm -hmm. all these incredible things. But here I am as I don't believe in Christ. I don't believe in God. I hate the thought of him. And he's still so close to me. He speaks to me in a car and tells me to re reconcile and restore a relationship with my dad. And the depth of the relationship that my dad and I had, we became best friends. Um, he passed about three and a half years ago. But when he did, um, there, there wasn't a day that I didn't call him. On the way home from work, hey, dad, how are you doing? What are you doing? How's it going? Sometimes it's uh, so still get choked up three and a half years. Um, but he became basically my second best friend. First best friend is my wife, right? And if you get real, you know, religious or theolo theological, maybe third because God's my best friend, then my wife, you know, we could right. we could debate those things. But that relationship, he he would just stop by in the middle of the day. And just drop by, and I loved having it. We 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 eventually moved him from Atlanta to out here, about six minutes away from us, and we just got to just have an incredible relationship. So to go from this broken story of hatred and offense and pain, and God just said that those those words, you know, reconcile with your father. And I was willing to go and write that stuff down. And I've actually, shortly, a couple months later, I ended up moving back to Atlanta to actually work on our relationship. So, just so the I wanna, if you don't mind, do you mind if? Yeah, I'd love to dig in a little bit. Um, yeah. So, so you're driving down the road, you're kicking it with some tunes. You yep. hear this voice. Um, first question: Did you know, think, believe? Question: If that was God, or did you, no. did you have any inclination that that was God or was it I had a thought or I had I heard something? So at, your... that, at that time, I gave no credit to it. When I heard that voice right. again a couple years later and he's setting me free from oh, from yeah. being an alcoholic or yeah. that's when I was like, that was that voice. That was that oh, yeah. same voice that I heard okay. up until this moment. I was thinking I had a great idea. That I'm going to go ah. and actually, I'm going to reconcile with my dad. Hey, look at this. I'm going to do this. Like it was all about right. me because there was no God. And I was in no way, shape, right. or form willing to even consider that God would speak, especially okay. to okay. me, right? Especially right. to me. Mm -hmm. I'm so really had a cool idea. Me. I had a great but, idea. But you were but you were balling. So did you had some level of emotion that that thought, you know, was God speak? You know, God. I, obviously, we can recognize now that that same voice was the the voice of God. Yet at the time, you thought you had a great thought, but it was very emotional for you. You pulled over and you're crying on the side of the road. Is that what I'm hearing? 
Yeah. So that was the part that I couldn't reconcile. I was like, why did that, why did this idea mm. wreck me so much? Like I, man, like you said, it was like a spear through the heart, man. I just started, I, I pulled over and I'm sitting there just in the gravel on the side of the road bawling. Um, it's not coming down on my face. You know, this, I mean, it was, it was like the, the really heavy bawling. Cause this was yeah. a weight. This was like, I look like back grieving. at it now knowing that that was, yeah, I was grieving. There's something there that I had been holding so, so tight and so deeply that was actually being set free at that moment. Wow. And yeah. So, <clears throat> so you, you skipped the appointment, headed home. Yep. Had you already, I mean, I don't, I, you know, you're talking 90, so this has been a little bit like the word reconcile wasn't a, wasn't a word that I knew much about probably in my teens and twenties. So how did you go from hearing you need to reconcile with your father, having the, the emotional outcry and then realize I, I need to forgive him like like that that you know for a like where did you just know that what is what needed to happen does that make sense yeah no so like, some of these things like it for where i was at it doesn't it really doesn't make sense like why why did i all of a sudden go i'm gonna go home and i'm gonna i'm gonna write my dad a letter yeah you just knew it the, that's that's what i needed to do and i i just kept on writing and I was thinking, oh, dad, I love you. Sorry for this, whatever. And I was thinking it was going to be like this short little letter. And then it just kept going and going and going. And like all of those things, like I said, that that we had been running around 285 telling him all of those, those hurts, those wounds, those offenses, they just started coming out. And I had nobody that ever told me to, how to do this. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's kind of what I'm like. Wow. This is kind of cool because you really didn't have much context for how to do it. No. This is just what came out of it. So the Lord spoke, this is how it impacted your heart. You, you moved to make a decision to write to him. Um, this was the nineties. It wasn't like email and instant messages and texts and stuff was really around. Yeah. Um, so one, one quick question, the distance between the railing on your dad in the car and the moment you had on the in the side of the road in Montana, how much time ballpark it like what like transpired? Was this a week? Was, was like, this a couple months? Maybe it was like year? three or four months because I had okay. gone I had gone to Atlanta um, the Thanksgiving Christmas somewhere around there um, to just hang out with family and everything out out there, right. and somehow that ended up being the the nightcap for the evening was to, to rip my dad apart, you know? And mm -hmm. so, yeah, it was three or four wow. months. Cause it was, it was sometime early spring. I believe it was, um, be while I was driving up. Cause I just remember all the trees yeah. were in bloom and whatnot. So, well, you know, uh, um, can't help but think of, uh, you know, one of the instructions, you know, the commands that the uh, God has given to us is, you know, to the children, to us uh, we that are here everyone everyone is a child of someone children yep. honor your father and mother so life will go well with you and you'll live long in the land it's like the first commandment with a promise and so yeah. uh i find it fascinating that 
you jumped into really, I mean, when we're railing on our parents for all the stuff that they've done, which everyone's parents have done something that they disagreed with or wouldn't have liked or caused them some level of pain, anguish, harm. Um, I'm not trying to make light of it, but, but it is the nature of humanity. I'm a dad uh, yet, all the time. Yet, yeah. But, but yet God's ways are, Hey, I, I want you to honor your father and mother. And when you do life will go well with you. And I just think I find it fascinating that like, I can't really f- comprehend God and how he works. And I mean, there's some things I, I think I grasp and then other things I can't yet. This story is, um, the testimony of how God watched you. If you look at it like that, he watched you completely dishonor your dad. And, and he knew your heart was, was hurt. I mean, you're hurting, right? And so he speaks to you, Mr. Antichrist. What was it? An atheistic Antichrist. Yeah. And you were going down um, a long, painful road, literally. Even, even, I mean, I, I'm not trying to make light of the fact that you were driving down a road in Montana, but yep. the direction of your life and that he would, um, that he would interrupt it and pour yeah. out his yeah. love on you in that sweet moment. And then somehow led you to, to write, um, a letter to your dad. And then you guys reconcile and he becomes such a good friend of yours. Man, that is such an incredible testimony to to who God is, to the to the nature of God. Yeah. How yeah. deeply he loves us and cares for us. Every single person. I really appreciated that what you said earlier in the in our interview when you mentioned like there's no one's too lost to be found. Like he is so close to us and wants us um uh, to 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 be with him. Like it's 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 a mutual uh, he would like to be with us just as much as now that we're, we are found, we want to be with him. Right. Yeah. And so um, that's a pretty, uh, I feel like he went to great lengths in my opinion to let you know how much he loves you and that he is real. And, um, and just the thing, the gifts that he's given you. I mean, that's such a gift to have a great relationship with your dad. Right. Absolutely. And and the fact that, that he didn't come and he didn't he didn't condemn me. Like right. we were talking about the, the, the freedom and and me being set free from alcohol. There's there wasn't condemnation. He didn't come and berate me and tell me of a horrible son I was and the hurt that I that I infl- or my like poured out over my dad. He just simply those those simple words, you need to reconcile with your father. And it's yeah. just this love. It's like was that for my dad or was that for me? Apparently it was actually for me because it set me free from so much hurt and so much pain. But then the fact that like I, when I went, so I mailed it to him and it was actually about a week or two. Cause remember this is snail mail. This is an email. Right, it was right. a, week, a week or so later, my dad calls me and he's like, you got your letter. Can we talk? And man, I was like, it poured out healing into areas of my dad's life. He had never heard words like those before. His dad was not a great example of what love looked like, what relationship looked like, what reconciliation looked like. 
like I, I, I remember my dad, the, the last experience that I had with my grandfather, my dad actually kicked my grandpa under the table. Mm. He was getting him back for being kicked under the table for 20 years. And like the hurt that my dad had to have experienced in that situation, growing up like that, he had never received anything like this. And it was actually just a couple months before my dad passed that I got to have a very deep conversation about how much God loved him. Despite all the hurt and the trauma and everything that he went through as a kid, right. he received that love. And it was actually just a couple months before he passed that um, he ended up giving his life to Christ. It was about that very short time after that discussion. So 75 cool. years old. So, but Man. God is going to always pursue us and he's not going to just sit there and condemn us and beat us up. He's going to love us if we're, we're willing to be loved on. So. Amen. Dude, that's amazing. Dude, I, I'm, I'm so glad we had time to, to talk about that as well. That was, uh, wow. Love that. Love, love, love that. That is definitely hearing from God and, and having some transformation. That is pretty cool. Well, you know, Steve, I like to, um, and, and you know, part of uh, our ministry is that um, we take these testimonies and we're going to uh, transcribe them. And and then and each year we're going to have a, a book of testimonies. And so um, at some point, your kids are going to pick up this book, your grandkids, maybe your great grandkids, and they're going to read, you know, whatever your grandpa name is, you know, you know, Pop Pop or Poppy or whatever, you know. I think um, we're going with Abba. What is it? Abba? Yeah, <laughs> that's good. So, uh, what would you what would you want to speak to them? Like if like if if this was something you'd want to say, what would you want to encourage them? Is there any wisdom that you would want to impart to them, and um, and also to technically um, to our audience, like who's listening? Yeah. yeah. So this this phrase "never too lost to be found" that's on my shirt is not just about us but it's also how we look at other people that they are god's child and if we if we can and this is this is what i uh, we go we, we talk about this all the time with our kids um for now and i hope that they're going to talk to their kids about it and, and but if it's just in this book i want i want them to know that when we change our mindset when we stop looking at people through the lens of judgment and we start looking at the at people through the lens of compassion and empathy and ask God what he wants to say about his kiddos sitting in front of us. Everything changes when we're willing to look at a person that may be yelling and screaming in our face or maybe have a totally different political view or maybe whatever it is that is an opposition of you. When you sit there and go, man, this this God you love this person. You loved me. I was never, I wasn't, I was not too lost to be found. They're not too, they're, they're not too lost to be found. So God, what do you want to say? What's that one word right now that can let them know that you love them unconditionally, that you're, you, you want to talk with them. You want to be with them. And when we do that, um, that's actually when we actually hear from God and speak it, we know that as as prophecy, or I I would describe that as prophecy. Hearing God and speaking it to the, to His children, 
But when we, we need to do that on a regular basis, every moment of every day with every person that we come in contact and it sets us free of all the judgment and prejudice and everything else. Cool. Change the mindset. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Steve. I appreciate you. I appreciate your testimony uh, of what God's done in your life and, and how you're living your life and pursuing him and, and loving on others. So thank you so much. So excited you came on today. Love you, Thanks brother. Have a great on. day. See you all next time, folks. Take care. Bye-bye now. See you guys. If you would like to give a testimony of hearing God or seeing a miracle, we would love to hear from you. We invite you to pray and ask the Lord if this is a time for you to share that testimony. And if it is, we would love to hear from you. Uh, please email us. Our email is info at stackingstones.life. Info at stackingstones.life. We just pray that the testimony of Jesus will encourage you to pursue him even more. God bless you.